Well, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Let's look first at verse 15, as just read just a few moments ago. It says, Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, when we think about it, we all want to be approved of God, don't we? We don't want to be ashamed of what we do. We want to be approved. We want to uh, have that approval of God. We, in our everyday lives, we want the approval of individuals, but especially as Christians, we want the approval of God. And I think 2 Timothy here, especially starting in verse uh, 14, uh, Paul here really tells us uh, how we can do that. Matter of fact, in my Bible, it's kind of divided here. It even starts out uh, approved and disapproved workers is what the title of this section is. You know, when you think about the world in which we live, we, we associate with the world. We're, we're around the world in our work, our, our, uh, uh, the things that we do at the grocery store, at school, what, whatever it is that we're doing, we're associated with the world. And we're associated with each other when it, it comes to Christians. Uh, so we have this fellowship with each other. We have this association with the world. And how we interact and how we present ourselves um, really matters. And I think Paul understands, through, uh, uh, by being inspired here, he understands the struggles that uh, we go through in doing that, uh, of wanting to be approved of God, of not wanting to be ashamed, but also interacting with each other. And he goes through and he kind of tells us uh, how we can do that. So let's look uh, beginning at verse 14. He says, remind them, he tells, them, uh, 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 tells Timothy to remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit to the ruin of the hearers. So he says, if you want to be approved of God, if you don't want to be ashamed, be careful with the words that you use. You know, I, I don't think about that a lot, uh, especially when it comes to... Uh, 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 verse 15, I, I think sometimes when I look at that verse, I, I, I kind of use that a little bit out of context. I think about it just as studying, and I think about it as studying and being able to divide God's Word, not just from the Old Testament, from the New Testament, but who's speaking and things of this nature. But he, he actually goes into more detail, as, if you look at the context, it, it's really about dividing the Word of Truth. It's really about uh, how we take that Word of Truth and how we use it in our everyday activities. And we need to be careful uh, in how we do that. So especially in the words in, in which we use. If you look at verse 16, notice what he says. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. So he says when we're interacting, when we're talking with individuals, be sure that we use our words carefully. Because we're responsible for the things in which we say. But he goes in and he's really getting into more detail of how we use God's word with each other. We can use it in a way of just trying to prove an argument. You know, we'll use God's word as a weapon, but not as the sword of the spirit as he wants us to. We use it as a weapon to win an argument. All we want to do is win an argument. We don't want to prove God's word. We don't want to try to convert the person that we're talking to or reason with the person that we're talking to. All we're wanting to do is, you, is win an argument. And, and we'll try to do that just with scriptures. And we need to make sure that we're careful uh, when we do these things. And uh, Paul even talked about this, if you go back to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 
In 1 Timothy chapter 6, uh, verses 20 through 21, notice what he says. O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. By professing it, some, by professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. Grace be with you. Amen. Now let's go back to verse 15 of, of 2 Timothy 2 and, and in the context in which we're talking. It says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Have you ever been ashamed? Now really think about this. Have you ever been ashamed when studying with someone or talking with someone and using the word of truth in a manner in which God didn't intend for us to use it? Uh, we may be studying with someone and we just may just want to be proving that point and, and, and we do it with, with uh, angry words. We do it with uh, uh, words of even leading people astray. Uh, we look at something, well, I'm right in how I interpret this. I'm right in how I'm reading this and I'm going to prove it to you no matter what. Well, is that really about converting someone? Is that really about reasoning together? Is that really about... Uh, uh, trying to come an understanding of God's word and, and, and talking with someone through that of what God wants us to do. Remember, he says in doing this, we don't want to be ashamed in rightly dividing the word of truth. We want to be approved of God as we do this. So we have to keep in mind what the purpose is. And sometimes that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, we, we want to prove. Now, I, I'm getting... Um, I don't know if better is the right word. I'm understanding this more as I get older. I'm understanding this more as I've uh, uh, been a Christian for a while. When I first became a Christian, I think it was about the argument. It was about, okay, I've, I, I believe this. I, I, I've been uh, uh, obedient to this. I, I'm converted to this idea, and I'm going to prove this to the world. Well, when I start trying to prove this to the world, sometimes we get into a mindset of, I'm going to prove because I'm right. Not because I'm following what's right. It's because I'm right. And see, there's a difference in that, isn't it? The difference is in our attitude of how we do that. Our difference is in how we uh, uh, approach someone and talk to someone. It's all about giving hearing to the gospel. The whole purpose is to reason with someone together, isn't it? It's not about just proving that you're right, which we, we, we should be if we're following God's word. But it's about understanding what's right and trying to help someone else understand it. Not just, I'm right and making it personal uh, to that extent. But I think that's what happens a lot of times. But look at verse 17 and 18. He says, and then their message will be spread like cancer. He's, and he names a couple of people here. He said, Hamonius and Philetus are of this sort who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. He said there's two individuals that is doing this. Now he's talking about the words in which we use and how we approach this. He says there's two individuals have come to a conclusion in their mind on something by not rightly dividing the word of truth and they're not rightly dividing the word of truth and they should be ashamed and they're not approved of God of how they're trying to convince other people. They're, they're trying to convince them, okay, we're right in how we're interpreting this. We're right in how we're saying this and they're trying to overthrow the faith of anyone that will listen to them. Well, well think about how, how that happens. And, and he's, he, he's actually looking at them and he, he, he's condemning them for one, what they're believing, but also in how they're approaching and trying to talk to someone. 
So as, as you see this, he says, we've got to make sure that we're in a position to where we can understand that we can drive people away from the faith by how we approach them and, and the mindset that we have in, in, in trying to teach them. Look at verses, uh, uh, well, let's go to verse 19 here. He says, nevertheless, the solid foundation, and here's how Paul addresses that. He says, the solid foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Now, now notice how he says this. Evidently, these, these individuals are, lack of a better term, policing the brotherhood here. And, and they've come up with this idea that's false, but they said if, they're, they're evidently saying, if you don't believe it this way, then, then you're not of the faith. You're, you're not of God. He's saying they think that they're able to point out someone and say, well, you're of the faith, you're not. Because look how he addresses this. He says the Lord knows who's his. The Lord already knows that. And here's how he knows that. He said, let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. He says, you don't believe that. The Lord knows who his is. And, and sometimes I think we take it upon ourselves to say, okay, you're the faith, you're not. You're the faith, you're not. If you don't believe it exactly like I do, then, then you're not of the faith. Now, these two individuals were believing false and trying to teach it false. But there's a lot of times that we, we get in this mindset of, if you don't believe it exactly like I do, then you're not of the faith. And that's how we approach it a lot of times. And, and he actually condemns this when he's, when he's talking about it. But go back to verse 17. Notice what this kind of attitude does. He says, and their message will spread like cancer. He said what happens is when someone gets in their mind that they're right no matter what, even if it's contradictory to God's word, but it's how you understand it, and then you start trying to prove that point to individuals, he said that, could, that kind of attitude can spread like cancer. Just think of that word that he used, like cancer. When you think about how, how that takes place, people just hate to even hear that word, don't we? Because we know what that does to the body. Well, that's what Paul says this does to the body of Christ. It can spread like cancer, this kind of attitude, this kind of mindset, if we don't uh, get this under control. So again, we're, we're talking about how to be approved by God, how to not be ashamed. He says don't, don't use your words in a, 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 a hateful manner, a profane manner, uh, the wrong kind of attitude of taking God's word and actually driving people from the faith in doing that. He says that's, that's what can take place. Now notice, here's another thing he says that we can do to be proved by God. Look at verses 20 and 21. He says, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So he starts off, he says there's a great house that uh, there's not only vessels of gold and silver, but there's also wood and clay. He says some from honor and some from dishonor. He said if you're thinking about how to be approved of God, you're thinking about how not be ashamed, understand that there are, are, are different tools in which are used and which are the most appropriate tools to use. And we all understand this. I'm sure you do at my house. I've got tools in my garage that I use for working on a vehicle, working on a lawnmower. I've got sections of uh, doing landscaping. I've got tools for all these things that you do outside. You know what I don't do? I don't bring those tools inside. 
I, I don't work on things inside with, with, with the things that I have outside without cleaning them first. There may be some things I can bring in from outside, and, you know, we all get that look to where you better clean that, and that better not touch anything that's not supposed to when you have it in here. Well, that, that's kind of what he's saying here, isn't it? Because he not only tells you uh, there, there's the right things to use and the wrong things to use, he says here's particularly what you do. He says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel from honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. We've got to clean ourselves. Uh, we've got to come into this thinking, okay, it's, it, it, it's not like it is in the world. There's the way in which people do things in the world. There's the way in which people interact in the world. There's the way in which they use their words in the world. And, and it's all about mind is right and proving that you're right. He said, okay, that, that takes place in the world. But that's not what we're supposed to do. If I want to be approved by God, if I don't want to be ashamed... I need to make sure I'm purifying myself, I'm cleaning myself, and I'm doing it a different way using the different tools than the world does. How does God say to do it? He says to, to clean yourself, to make sure you're rightly dividing the word of truth and using our words the way that we're supposed to. Look at verses 22 and 23. He goes a little bit further with this. He said, flee also youthful lust." But pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. So he's telling us what we're to purify, what we're to clean, and, and how we're to do things. And he said, first and foremost, flee useful lust. Now, a lot of times when we, we look at this youthful lust, we think of uh, sexual immorality, we think of things of this nature, and, and, and there's times that it can be applied with that. We shouldn't uh, do things that we shouldn't. We shouldn't look at things that we shouldn't. We shouldn't listen to things that we shouldn't. But in this particular context, he goes a little bit farther to describe it. He says this kind of youthful lust are things like uh, foolishness and arrogance and disputes, knowing that they generate strife. He said, don't act like a kid. Well, how, do, how does a kid act? Well, I think about, uh, especially as a teenager, teenager knows everything, don't they? You can't tell me anything. My parents couldn't tell me anything when I was a teenager. I knew it all. I sometimes think that now. Sometimes I have to be careful. But, uh, but remember as a teenager, we, we used to think, oh, that older generation, they don't know anything. Oh, I, I know how to do this. I know how to... Uh, 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 talk this way I know how to accomplish this and we don't listen to someone that may be older and have experience and be a little more wiser or done it the wrong way and realize that it was the wrong way and things of this nature he says you flee that kind of thing because it causes strife but see we act like that in the church or we act like that when we're interacting we even act like that when we're studying someone how do we act? We're, we're, we, we get into ignorant disputes, foolishness. Uh, uh, we, we, we think that we're right no matter what. And Paul said, don't act like that. Or he told Timothy, tell him not to act like that. He says, we've got to flee useful lust. If you want to be approved by God, if you don't want to be ashamed, flee useful lust. All these profane things, all this arrogance, all this foolishness, all these disputes. There's no reason to be. You know what the most dispute uh, in the Bible is about? And we could all probably come up with a lot of different answers. But you know what it mostly is over? Things that aren't even in the Bible anyway. 
We come to our own conclusion. Well, the Bible didn't say this or this, so I'm going to come to my own conclusion, and I'm going to argue that fact. He says, you can get into a lot of ignorant disputes because of that. Arrogance. That we think that we know instead of trying to study, come to an understanding of God's word, rightly dividing that truth, and reasoning together. That's one thing I like about Bible study is the reasoning part. Is There's, there's a lot of times when, when I'm teaching, especially when you can have discussions, that, that I get a point on my mind and I'm thinking about certain things, and someone will make a comment, they'll come at it kind of at a different angle, and it really helps me. It helps me to come to a, a better understanding. Sometimes it helps me to realize maybe I didn't have that right. Maybe I didn't look at it exactly the way that, that I should. Or understand there's a couple different ways to look at it on certain things because of who's doing the talking and who it's talking to and the context that it's in. You can use it on principle for one thing and still teach the truth, but you can also get into the context and realize they're talking about a deeper thing. And sometimes that, that, that takes some practice, that takes some study, that takes some patience, especially with our self-study and dealing with someone else. But when we don't do that, that's when we get into foolish things and, and, and ignorant disputes and, and, and arrogance and strife. I like how he says, ignorant disputes. <laughs> you know, if I'm ignorant in something, you know what that means? I don't know anything about it. So what he's saying is you're talking about stuff you don't know about, and thinking you're right and arguing about it. And, and, and Paul said that's not the way that we're approved of God. And that's not the things that we should be doing. Look at verse 24. He says, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient. How in the world can you discuss the Bible and not quarrel? How do you do that? How do you discuss the Bible with someone that you're, you, you can't come to agreement with? How do you discuss the Bible with someone who doesn't believe it just like you do or think exactly like you do? How do you do that without quarreling? How, do you, how are you able to teach? How do you have patience in doing that? Well, Paul says if we want to be approved of God and we don't want to be ashamed, that's what we need to do. Make sure that we're able to teach. You know, there's, there's things that I can do in teaching the truth but I can say them in a way and use certain words that I can turn somebody off like that, can't we? And sometimes we do that intentionally. We, we, we try to spark that argument. We try to spark that, that, that quarrel. And, and what happens is we lose our ability to teach when we do that. And we don't have patience. And, and this is a, a, a difficult thing, but Paul is saying... I understand that you live in the world. I understand that you have to be around each other in the body of Christ. And I understand that all of these things come up and, and it can be difficult because you're coming at it with, with different backgrounds. But he says, I'm trying to help you understand this is how you communicate. And this is the things that you do to be approved of God. And I think it could be helpful, uh, uh, helpful to all of us. And let's, let's look at the application just real quick here in the next couple of verses and the lesson will be yours. He says, here's the point. Here's the point of studying the Bible. Here's the point of studying with someone. Here's the point in talking with someone. Here's the point in the communication that we're trying to do while we're studying the Bible. And Paul says, I, I, I believe you missed the point. And I like how he ends this section. He says, in humility, correcting those who are in the opposition. Now notice. He says there, there has to be some correcting. 
There's, there, there's going to be times as we study with someone that, that we're going to have to correct them because they are doing something or believing something contrary to God's word. So he says in humility do that. But notice, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so they can know the truth. The point is never proving, the point is not about proving that I'm right. The point of it is to bring about repentance so an individual can come to the knowledge of the truth. That's the whole point of the discussion. That's the whole point of the study. It's not about proving that I'm right. It's about getting an individual to repentance. Now see, if we, if we look at it from those terms that my focus, my purpose in studying the Bible myself is so I can come to repentance and come to a knowledge of the truth. My purpose of studying with somebody is so they can repent and come to a knowledge of the truth. If I keep that in mind, at the forefront of my mind, it's not about winning an argument. It's not about proving that I'm right. It's about figuring out a way to rightly divide the word of truth so I can bring that person to repentance. You think that would change the conversation? You think that would change the attitude? You think that would change the mood? You think that will help that individual to understand, I care about my soul and I care about your soul. And most importantly, God cares about our soul. And he wants us to come to a knowledge of the truth, and this is how we do that. And he says, And that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. He said, you've got to realize the world, as Jesus told him in John chapter 3, the world's condemned already, right? The, the devil has us. And Jesus said, I come to free you of that. The you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free from that. So if the truth is going to set us free from that, and it's our responsibility to present that truth, it's our responsibility to rightly divide that truth, we've got to realize what the purpose and the end result needs to be, and it's to bring them to repentance. That's how we're approved by God. That's how we live a life not ashamed. That's how we rightly divide the word of truth. And I think each of us need to take a look at how we communicate that word of truth. Do we communicate it with the ultimate goal of repentance and coming to a knowledge of the truth or just proving that we're right? I think that makes all the difference in the world to how we give hearing to the gospel.